0: Welcome to episode 39 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. You know, in today's episode, I would like to share a few things about spiritual perceptions and spiritual perspectives. I'll define those as we go along, but I just wanted to start by saying that every single person that is listening to the sound of my voice right now has the ability to walk in the spiritual things of God and to be led by the Spirit. That includes you for a couple of reasons. Number one is you are a spirit, and you have that spiritual ability, even if it is yet untrained, untapped into. Number two, it is something that God wants all of his children to be involved in because it's so much of our relationship with him and how he wants to move through us in blessing our lives, our family, to lead us in our ministry, and also to affect the world around us. We walk from the inside out, not the other way around. So perception, let's stop and talk about that for a minute. Perception is the way that you notice or understand something. There's a scripture here in Exodus I'd like to read. In chapter 3, the first four verses, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. You know, supernatural manifestations into the natural realm... uh, are just happening all around us today. Now, we notice they happened in the Old Testament a lot. The New Testament is filled with them, and our present-day walk with the Lord opens us to the ability to see them all around us. But that's what perception is all about. It is how that we notice. What are we willing to do? How are our perceptions fine-tuned so that we can see these things? Now, this is a very simple illustration, but it says the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So he just minding his own business, and in reality, that's probably the way that most of us stumble onto these kind of things, at least in the very beginning and in learning how to walk in the Spirit. And he just notices there's a fire over there. It's not really where he's going because in a few minutes we see it says that he turned aside. So it was a distraction. It was something that was not in his normal course of vision, not something that he had experienced in his daily routine. So there's a variance. One of the things that we have to understand about spiritual perception is that it is different than what we were trained in. We were trained in the things of our own natural body, our own physical perceptions, or I will say senses, our sight, smell, touch, taste, hearing. All of those things are ways that we input physical information into our brains so that we can analyze it, so that we know how to act and what we need to do, and we process that information. Well, the problem is that if we're going to walk in the Spirit and have spiritual perceptions, we can't live by that. We have to learn another way. So Moses is noticing something different. The angel has appeared There's fire in the bush, but it's not being consumed. So that catches his attention. So I would say we need to have the things of God catch our attention. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So he wanted to investigate. He wanted to know more about it. He wasn't just going to go, oh, that's cool, and then walk on down the path. It was something that appealed to him as a sign and a wonder. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. So God didn't speak to him to begin with until... By his own perception, he chose to look at this situation differently than he ever had before. He wanted to pursue it. He wanted to find out what was going on. So the Lord will use many things to catch our attention, uh, but it's up to us to actually then stop and make the decision, I want to pursue that further. Do you want to pursue Walking in the Spirit, hearing the voice of God, navigating the heavenlies, learning the ways of the Spirit, seeing the form of the Lord. Those are all terms that I use quite often when I'm ministering and talking to people about spiritual things. You can do it. You know, I've been doing this for a long, long time. C.K. and I have been operating in the office of of prophets for many, many years. We started off, first of all, by just being Spirit-filled believers. And I will mention that if you want to be led by the Spirit, you need the fullness of the Spirit. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, yes, He comes into your heart, and yes, you are born again, and He takes up His dwelling place. The Bible says that within you, that... The Father and the Son make their abode, their dwelling place, their living place in you by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, in order to be saved, in order for Jesus to be in your heart, the Spirit of God has to be there. Now, that's the first aspect of His ministry, is that He reveals Christ to us, and then He regenerates our spirit when we respond by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. What does it mean? To regenerate your spirit. It means that he comes in and that old darkened spirit he now lights with the light of God. I love the Old Testament scripture that says that the heart of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So he lights us. It also means that he takes that old vessel that was born in sin and is actually subservient to the devil and to hell's ways. You may be a good person. That's not what I'm going for. You're just not born again. Jesus talked about being born again, born from above. So when the Holy Spirit comes in, he changes that inner man, that spirit. I'll explain that in just a second. And when... That spirit is saved and regenerated. It becomes, the Bible says, a new creation in Christ Jesus that we follow after the same way when Jesus died, was raised from the dead, and ascended to the right hand of the Father, that we follow him in that. It said that by his resurrection, he was the firstborn among many brethren. His sacrifice was so that we could be born again, yes, saved, yes, become new creations, yes, but to follow him into that place of being a child of the living God. We followed him, so when he was raised from the dead, we were raised with him, and when we accept Jesus as our Savior, that manifests that in our heart. The Spirit of God is there. But the Bible also says there's a second ministry of the Holy Spirit, something that happens following. Now, I have seen it happen concurrently at the exact same time. Somebody's born again, filled, or I should say baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's the second work of grace of the Holy Spirit in our life. That once he's there, he wants to release the fullness of himself and his ministry. So scripture declares that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, then it comes with a heavenly prayer language. The scripture talks about that as speaking in other or unlearned tongues. You have a native language. You may have another language or two or three or four that you have learned by your own intellect. But the Holy Spirit, speaks in the tongues of men and of angels. He knows all languages. And so he gives the ability to you, because he's in you, to release those languages. And as you do so, then you're speaking the mysteries of God and you're communicating with God. You know, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14 2 it says, "Howbeit." it he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak unto men, but unto God. So there's that language going forth unto God. And we're talking about prayer language, by the way. In that particular passage, uh, we find that there's a distinction in Paul's writings, for those who will look for it, between what we call the gift of in public assembly, of divers kinds of tongues, different kinds of tongues spoken out, and then the interpretation of those tongues into the known language of the hearers in that public assembly. But he also includes information in those chapters, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, and he talks about, albeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries, you don't speak to men, you speak to God, you speak mysteries. And so that's the heavenly prayer language that we're talking about. Mysteries, revealed secrets. Now, what I was saying earlier is that when this Holy Spirit baptism occurs, it not only gives you a new prayer language, but man, it increases your ability to, To hear in the Spirit, see in the Spirit, receive from the Holy Spirit, walk in the Holy Spirit. That's so vital. Remember, Paul said to be filled with the Spirit. When you receive the Spirit baptism, and man, the power is just cranked up in your life, and the ability to operate with spiritual perception and spiritual perspective increases a hundredfold. I guarantee it. Getting back to Moses then, there's a few principles I want to lay out. Moses was walking along, and we were dealing with spiritual sight and perception. Number one is that there is sight. There's the noticing. He notices the burning bush. He could see it. He knew something was different. So we have to learn to at least just stop And notice what's going on around us. The second thing is, he said, I'm going to turn aside. So he also had insight. He wanted to pursue it, he wanted to see it and observe it from a different perspective. And then the Lord spoke to him. The Lord will only speak to us in reality here if we're open to it, if we are looking, listening. Observing. And then he also had foresight. God began to tell him the things that he needed to do. So there's sight, and then there's insight by the Spirit of God, the voice of God, the leading of God on the inside. And then there's foresight as he prophetically begins to give us words of wisdom and word of knowledge that lead us into the future in a prophetic measure. Paul penned some words in the eighth chapter of Romans that are very interesting. He said in verse one, There is therefore now no condemnation, no judgment against those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. He says in verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live in accordance to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Listen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For if you do not receive the spirit of the bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, this is in the context of getting saved, giving up the deeds of the flesh, the ways of the world, and listening, receiving God, and walking in his ways. But in all of that, we see that it's impossible for it to be done without actually receiving the leading of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. So again, we're talking about being led by the Spirit, spiritual perceptions. Now let's talk just for a minute about how we receive those perceptions. First of all, the first aspect is understanding that we are spiritual beings. The Apostle Paul, in his letters to the Thessalonians, he said that we are a spirit, soul, and body. And the word spirit there is the Greek term pneuma. It means an immaterial spiritual being. It's the word that is connected with evil spirits, with angelic spirits, holy spirit, human spirit. So it's that of the essence of the spiritual realm. There is an inner man, an inner being on the inside of us, a spirit person, I say person because uh, the scripture declares that in the spirit there's neither male nor female, neither Jew nor Gentile. It's all the same. It's a new creation in Christ Jesus. So, this spirit being on the inside actually has spirit perceptions. The spirit perceptions are things such as the ability to hear in the spirit, see in the spirit, smell in the spirit, taste. In the spirit, touch in the spirit, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. Jesus said that he who has ears to hear, let him hear what, what he is saying. Uh, the spirit of God is speaking to us. We hear. We have those spiritual perceptions, but it's in the spiritual realm. Then the Bible says it's a soul. The word soul there is the Greek term psuche, and that's a term we get psychology and uh, psyche, those kind of things from it. And it actually means that part of us that contains our will, our intellect, our personality, you know, it's it's what we would generally attribute to being the mind of man. The word suke also is connected with life, so that's a soulish kind of life in the New Testament. That's what brings life to our ability to think the things of God and to think on those things that are above and not below, etc. Generally, we can say that the soul is the mind. It's the hinge between the spirit and what? Well, he said body. The Greek term soma, somatic differ- difficulties, problems, that which is of the natural body. So we are a human spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. And that soul has the ability to think on spirit things as well as natural things. So it's a process whereby we learn rather than taking everything from the outside in the natural realm and just depositing it into our minds, our brains, and then only dealing with that source of knowledge in order to try to compute what we're supposed to be doing in life and make every decision. But we also recognize that we have human spirits that are giving information because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. God and Jesus are in there by the Spirit. So it's what I call inside information. That's how he speaks to us. It rises up from the inside into our minds. And then we consider those things. A lot of times we talk about conscience. What does your conscience tell you? In the natural realm, you have these temptations or you wanna make this decision, but what does your conscience tell you? Well, that's the Holy Spirit on the inside. The word conscience means co-science, another form of information that comes from the inside up. That's how the Spirit of God speaks to us. That's how you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior Because he impressed upon your heart and touched you in a way that you responded. That's how after you're saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. That's how you are led by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. So developing the spiritual senses then gets you into understanding spiritual perceptions. Now some people may say, well, you know, I don't really care that much to have to get into those things. Mike, I, you know, I, my life's going okay right at the moment, and i just rather not. Well, let me tell you something. You're severely limited in your life right now, even though you do not recognize it. I also understand that most of the people that are listening to this podcast actually want to dig deeper into the things of God and become much more accurate in their spiritual perceptions. When I said that you don't realize how much that it affects us, we got to understand something. We cannot rise above the limitations of our own heart. Our heart is what sets the ceiling in your life. It's your belief structure. It's where your faith is. Whatever your heart, your heart referring to the spirit, man, and the actually the soul, the the spiritual side of your soul, them working together. Uh, In spiritual death, your soul and spirit go to heaven. It's what's planted into the grave is your body and your brain, okay? You can't rise above the limitations of your own heart. Your heart will either let you break through and soar on the wings of the eagle, or your heart will keep you running with the turkeys on the earth, You see, we have to have a change of heart, and the way we have a change of heart is that we open ourselves up to the Spirit of God, and He begins bringing revelation of the Word and then revelation from the Spirit by all these things we're talking about, and it begins to expand who we are. A lot of believers are kept in poverty or sickness or loneliness or broken relationships, in failed ministry, uh, in condemnation, or in fear because their heart won't let them soar. So what I'm sharing with you is actually a way to increase, to renew your mind, to renew your heart so that it will raise the ceiling up in your life. And then that's what you can believe for. That's what you can achieve. You know, there was a couple of illustrations that I've used for years because these researchers a long time ago did a a couple studies. The first one, they took this glass aquarium and they put minnows and a pike in it. And the pike eats minnows. So it just swam around and had lunch and enjoyed itself thoroughly. And then they put a glass partition right down the middle, restocked one side with minnows and the pike on the other side. And the pike thought, oh, lunch again. So he went swimming for the minnows and bounced off of the glass partition. And after doing that a number of times, his nose became very sore and bloodied. And he then began to associate trying to get those minnows with the pain that he was experiencing and the pain kept him from going after them. He trained himself to not want to eat them any longer because he didn't like the pain. And so often that's the way it is for us in life, is our heart has endured pain, it has fears, it has failures, it has other things that it just wants to keep us down and not reach out and try and believe anymore. Well, when we're walking in the Spirit, when we're learning these spiritual perceptions, what happens is the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to retrain us, and He shows us another way of doing it from the inside out, not from the outside in. Another study that was done is was with jumping fleas. They took fleas, they put them in this big aquarium, And they were, and just watched them and measured on the outside how high they would jump. And they would jump up, let's just say 12 inches for sake of illustration. And so they marked that. And then they put in a glass ceiling and lowered it down from 12 inches to 11 inches. And the fleas would jump up and they'd hit that. And then they retrained themselves to start jumping 11 inches. So they lowered it to 10. The fleas had to retrain themselves to only jump under 10 inches. And that's the way it is with us, is that the circumstances of life and the things of the flesh train us to not pursue our abilities. We vastly, so much more abundantly, can do more than what in the natural realm we have ever thought that we could. And so by spiritual perceptions, the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to retrain us and open us up into this whole new world of walking in the Spirit, whereby we can start receiving the ability to do what we have been created to do. We can jump 10 inches, 12 inches, 14 inches, So much higher than we've ever jumped before by the Spirit's leading and by Him training us in spiritual things. That's why it's so important for me to share these things with you, because I want to see you fulfill your destiny, to be everything that Jesus has created you to be, and to do everything that He has called you to do. And so it's an imperative that we allow the Holy Spirit to train our human spirits. In these things, spiritual perceptions, learning how to just stop, hear the voice of God, follow Him, receive revelation, believe what He says that we can do rather than what the natural circumstances tell us that we can do. Receive insight about what's going on. It's not just the visual sight in the natural realm of what we see but the spiritual insight behind it, underneath it, flowing through it. And then the spiritual foresight of us being able to see what God wants us to do about it. It opens up the gifts of the Spirit, the power, visions, dreams, all of these things. I can tell right now that I'm going to have to do a part two because I have so much more that I want to share with you about it. But right now, I want to pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for each and every saint listening to this podcast. Oh Lord, that you at this moment would place within us a hunger to have more of the Spirit, to perceive and to walk and to be led in spiritual things. We want to navigate the heavenlies. We want to learn the ways of the Spirit. We want to see the form of the Lord. That's our heart's desire. So, Lord, right now, I pray for the Holy Spirit, revelation and anointing, release into their lives now. And, Lord, I also pray for protection and for health, for wealth, for all the good things of God to be theirs in your precious and holy name. Won't you join me in future episodes by subscribing to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, walk in spiritual authority.